Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then, Judy discovered ChampaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now, Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome back to 32 Fans in 32 Days. I'm Alex Chester. With me, as always, is Wheels Wienerker. Uh, Wheels, we got a doubleheader today. We just posted the uh, 30th-ranked Cleveland Browns episode, mm. and now we're going to post the second episode today. On a, so it's a Sunday doubleheader. The team that is tied for them at 30th in the power rankings, the uh, lowly San Francisco 49ers. There's always a tie at 30th. I feel like every single year there's been like a clear 32, and then like we've argued over 30 and 31. Yeah, I have San Francisco 30, Cleveland 31. Uh, you reversed them. Uh, either way, we're running a little late uh, for some reason. You showed up late yet again. So we, we have a small window in which to record this one. So we'll see how much there is to say about the 49ers. But well, why were you late? Well, You're stuck at a barbecue or something? Well, no, we were at a family pool party. and um, uh, did, you, did, you, did you whip out your new Speedo? No, I actually got to not go swimming, which was great. But I was... Uh, I'd say friend, acquaintance of the podcast, uh, Steen, uh, was uh, was at this podcast, was was at this uh, pool part, family pool party with me because um, my sister's, my wife's brother married his wife's sister. I don't know, whatever. Him and him and him and my brother-in-law married sisters. Anyway, I realized, oh, I gotta go because Chester's very OCD and he'll get like nervous if I'm not there. So I so but we only had one car between me and my wife. So I said, Steen, can you drive me? So he's like, sure. So it's like a five minute drive. He drives me there. And but my wife called and said, like, you don't have a key. You need like a code to get into uh, this house that we're staying in. I'm like, all right, fine. We, I couldn't get in. Steen waits for me. I say, get out of the car. Uh, can you help me with the code? We're both two idiots trying this code 100 times. Doesn't work. We have to drive all the way back to the pool party, head in hands. With probably both my wife and his wife, like, completely regretting that they married us. And then my wife's like, all right, let's go. And she takes me and gets in the house on the first try with the code. So not looking great right now. Totally unsurprising. Yeah. Um, as, I, as I said in uh, yesterday's episode, with every passing day, it's more and more a wonder uh, why Mira's married to you. And I, I'm sure she's wondering the same thing. So, I think she would have been surprised if I had actually gotten in this house. So. Yeah, <laughs> I would say like I'm, I'm like in terms of like household things like that. I'm the San Francisco Niners and she is the New England Patriots or at least like the Seattle Seahawks. Yeah, so that's a good segue. So speaking of incompetence uh, and, 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 and miserable failure, we are we are here to talk about the 49ers and a returning guest is joining us to talk about the 49ers. It's Oscar Aparicio of the Better Rivals podcast. So Oscar, welcome back to the podcast. 
Thanks for having me, gentlemen. <laughs> yeah, uh, 30th is uh, about where you guys were last year. Um, I- I'll tell you, you know, I'll tell you why I have you guys 30 instead of 31. It's very simply because I think Brian Hoyer has the potential to be competent at quarterback. And uh, you can't really say that for the guys in Cleveland. So, so that's my one positive thing I'm saying about uh, your 49ers, who uh, I still have 30th in my power rankings. So how do you feel about that 30 spot? I don't think it's a bad ranking as it is right now. I mean, I think you've got the Jets that are pretty terrible. I actually think Cleveland's going to end up a little better than most people think. Uh, so I would probably rank them above the Niners. As oh, wow. <laughs> uh, but, but, yeah, I mean, this is a team that won two games last year. And, I mean, you, you could say that they had lucked into a couple of those wins. I mean, basically, they were lucky enough to have the Rams on their schedule. Uh, and and that, was, <laughs> that was it. That, I mean, this is definitely a it's, – it's a multi-year rebuild. And this is year one. And you've seen these last couple of preseason games, you're getting like illegal formations and e- illegal shifts and things that, you know, like really young teams that are trying to switch this to a whole new system are going to have problems with. So, you know, I, we put the over under uh, at wins at five or so. And I think that's about right. I think somewhere in that five win range might be where they can get to. You know, you mentioned Hoyer. We had, first of all, we had a stat. Um, we were talking to the Browns fan recently. And Hoyer, you know, is famously the only Browns quarterback to have a winning record for one game or more. Uh, since they the franchise rebooted in 1999, so Hoyer, you know, is probably one of the more underrated guys. You know, he's not one of these like top 24 quarterbacks. But once you get past the guys who are actually like locked in starters, he's he's a lot better than the Josh McCowns of the world. I don't think he gets enough credit. Oh, I think you're absolutely right. I think that the the football universe has gotten into this dichotomous: you have to be the goat or you're a complete scrub kind of mentality sure. when it comes to quarterbacks. Yeah, and that's not that's not the case. There, you can have these bridge quarterbacks that are kind of in that middle tier where you know they're not going to be a top 10 quarterback, but you also know that they're probably going to be above average. They're going to be maybe in that you know, 13, 14, 15 uh, you know, ranking realm, if you will. And for a team that is rebuilding everything, that's kind of exactly what you need. You don't need to go out and get a superstar right away. Build the pieces around him, kind of like what Dallas did, right? They put Dak in a perfect situation because he's got an offensive line, he's got an offense, he's got weapons, and, and that defense you know, is, is kind of coming together. But that seems to be the better model where you put a quarterback in a system where they can su- succeed and not give them a whole boatload of trash and say, here, Andrew Luck, try and save the franchise while you're you know, super gluing your body parts back together. You know, but you know who I really find interesting? I haven't watched the Niners in the preseason yet, but I have looked at all the box scores of, uh, of all the games. And uh, CJ, is it Bethard? Is that how you're pronouncing his name? Hey, man, the official pronunciation on the Better Rivals podcast is CJ Beathard. Is it Beathard? Because that's a cooler name. No, it's not. It's Beathard. It's Beathard. It's yeah, because he's yes. pro- is he related to Bobby Beathard, the old coach? He is. So, he is. so uh, I mean, his numbers are, you know, in every single backup quarterback around the league, even in the preseason, is kind of playing like trash. And, and a lot of the rookies are, too. And then you have Beathard, who really has looked good. So is there a chance he beats out Barkley for the backup job? Do you think there's a chance, like, if they get off to a slow start, he actually might play in, like, October? I don't think that he will play at all. Um, even if even if Hoyer has a slow start, even if the team goes, oh, which the opening stretch of the schedule is going to be pretty tough. But even if they go, you know, zero and seven in the first seven games, I don't think there's a way that that Beathard gets onto the field. I do think he is competing with Matt Barkley for that second role. Um, Matt Barkley actually had a really good game against the Chiefs, the first preseason game. And I, I watched the game with Beathard when he played against the Broncos. And, you know, he wasn't even. He was a little inaccurate. He missed some open players. Um, but overall, I think that's going to be a competition. It wouldn't surprise me if Beathard won. I think it's going to come down to a roster numbers kind of thing. They might want to keep two quarterbacks so they can keep an extra tight end or an extra running back because we've got a lot of really good running backs. Mm-hmm. 
So yeah, the running back that, depth, the running back depth, which we'll get to in a second, is really impressive. Yeah, it's it's really really good. I mean, I'm I'm super on the the Matt Breida train. He is an undrafted free agent out of Georgia Southern, who I think is going to do some really awesome things for the Niners. He's got to make the Both team, right? I mean, that, that you're you're pretty loaded there. Oh, I, I think he will make the team, and that's why I think it's going to be a numbers game. I think the the running backs that are pretty much locks to make the roster are Carlos Hyde and Joe Williams because he was drafted. Oh, is Hightower not a lock? I don't know that Hightower is a lock. I have him making it. I have them keeping four running backs. I have them keep Williams, Breida, Hightower, and, and Hyde. Plus Juszczyk, now, or whatever you pronounce that, the fullbacks. Thing. Yeah, so Juszczyk is a—you a, can just call him Juice. It's much easier. He's a fullback, so it would be five overall running backs, mm-hmm. four you know, tailbacks, if you will, and then one fullback. I could see them doing that. That means they probably end up keeping one fewer tight end because Juszczyk can play some of that H tight end yeah. kind of role. So I, I do think that happens. But honestly, watching Hightower play against the Broncos didn't have a good game. Wouldn't surprise me if they cut him. Um, the team is not opposed to cutting you know, free agents or people that they've signed. They want to really create the most talented roster, and they're not afraid to just right. cut And Capri Bibbs was actually not bad for the Broncos last year either. Yep, yep. And I think he's nowhere near going to make the roster. Yeah. By the way, Chester, I did my homework. I realized after like eight podcasts, oh, what if I knew the rosters really well for all these teams? <laughs> um, but but yeah. after, we're talking about the running backs. I'd say your wide receivers are like, it's one of the top wide receiving cores in the CFL. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's, the names are insane. Like every Garcon, Marquise Goodwin, who's, you know, the, like the fastest guy in the NFL but can't catch. Curly, who I, I love as a Jets fan, but, you know, is one of the slowest guys in the league. Aldridge Robinson. I mean, it's like a rebuilding team can't have like five washed up receivers. It's nuts. So with this, what's funny and what's honestly a little sad is that this wide receiver core is so much more talented yeah. already than last year. That like my my barometer for judging wide receiver talent has just basically gone to crap. But hold on, Torrey Smith had more talent than anybody on the roster. Yeah, Torrey Smith is done in his at his prime for sure. But Torrey Smith was finished last year, no? Yeah, and and Torrey Smith, I mean, it's it's he can do a couple of things really well. He's like a fully actualized Ted Ginn, basically, mm-hmm. where like he can do a couple things really really well. And if you can put him in a system where he does those things really well, it's great. But the Niners weren't that system. And at this point in his career, I think you're right. He's not yeah. as good as he was. Yeah, and Hoyer's not a guy who's going to get the ball 50 yards down the field with accuracy anyhow. So he wouldn't help this season. Yeah, so it, it's going to be one of those things where I think Marquise Goodwin's actually showing a lot more than even I thought he could do. Because I watched him at Texas, and at Texas he was a track star with pads. And, and then, you know, that's basically what it was in Buffalo. But he's actually performing pretty well. A lot of the camp reports are really positive about what he's able to do. He put up some good numbers and had some good catches uh, against the Broncos. So... He's, I think, going to be uh, better than most people think. Pierre Garçon is, you know, Pierre Garçon. He's, he's kind of like the Anquan Bolden of this team, if you will. Um, and, uh, and meaning one he should be retired, guys. <laughs> uh, meaning that despite his age, because of his style of play, he's probably going to. Right, I, I'd say those numbers. guys age well, which is why Curley's probably still an NFL guy because he came into the league super slow. Uh, what about yeah. Smelter? I, DeAndre Smelter is one of these like random guys who I like. Oh, I wanted my team to draft. I kind of liked him, although the Georgia Tech wide yep. receivers you know, don't have a great track record coming from a team that runs the ball a lot. Is he going to make that team? Yeah, I, I don't think he's going to make the team. I he think got drafted early, gonna... no? He did. He got drafted in the fourth round. I, I've um, made this joke. Was... I, I want to apologize, Oscar, every single podcast, but I think he would start for the Jets. It's, you know <laughs> what? He's, you're probably not wrong. Um, no, he, he was drafted as part of Trent Baalke's all-ACL team. 
So he had a torn ACL, got drafted in the fourth round, mm -hmm. then didn't make the team, got brought back. I don't think he makes it. I do think he's a pretty good practice squad candidate. The wide receiver that I'm probably most excited about is Trent Taylor, who was at a Louisiana Tech. He is basically like, you know, five foot seven mm -hmm. and apparently not very Can fast. Can I say Trent Taylor is an insane wide receiver name? Trent Taylor is a quarterback name. Yeah, he he is able to separate. He's another one of those like kind of Wes Welkery slot guys that you know you wouldn't like compare him to Wes Welker because he's white, and he is going to be really really good at separating. And I think he could probably end up with somewhere near 500 yards by the end of the year. All right, so let's you mentioned Tread Balky, so I need to ask you a question. You said how you know it's the first year of a rebuilding year, but they've been rebuilding every year. And I mean, this is their fourth coach in four years. Uh, with with Shanahan, right? Uh, Chip Kelly did not last long. Balky didn't last long either. You brought in John Lynch, who they gave just an insane contract to, a guy who has no record of running a team whatsoever, was a below-average announcer on Fox, I would yep. say. Um, you know, how do you have confidence in this group to rebuild the team more than, you know, everybody else who's failed since Jim Harbaugh left? So most of the times when you hire a coach and a GM, you usually hire the GM, the GM hires the coach. In yeah. this go around, they did it the opposite way. They hired the coach first effectively, and they said, hey, who do you want as your GM? Because the GM and the head coach need to work together. The 49ers were definitely burned by the bulky Harbaugh, bulky Kelly, bulky Tom Sula. Basically, the person who was messing everything up was bulky because he, was, he has no people skills whatsoever and loved to draft people with torn ACLs. So I, I wouldn't say that they were really fully in rebuilding mode every year, even though they should have been, simply because Balky thought better of his roster than it really was. Now you get these two people in, and you've got Kyle Shanahan, who basically got to handpick his GM, and that GM is John Lynch, but full roster control still lays with Shanahan. So it's, it's Shanahan who gets to break the ties. So he's really, so he's really the GM. So, so what, is, what is Lynch's job exactly? So, but hold on, what has Shanahan done to prove that, other than, you know— Think of the power share. Fail, failed to make good play calls and run the ball late in the late in a game that they're winning. Obviously, think of think of the power share between Schneider and Carroll in Seattle. It's kind of like that, where mm -hmm. you definitely do have a GM who does most of the scouting, runs the scouting organization, but ultimately, when it comes down to it, it's it's a lot of Carroll's philosophy and a lot of Carroll's tie breaking that gets to pick players. So you know, you've got he, he brought in a lot of really really talented people. Martin Mayhew. He hired uh, Peters from Denver, which. I, I don't think that he would have been allowed to leave to any other team except for the 49ers because of the relationship that John Elway and John Lynch have. So he's built up a really, really good... He's surrounded... John Lynch has surrounded himself with a lot of really smart, talented front office people. Uh, and Peters is going to be a GM probably in the next two, three years anyway. So he has surrounded himself with good people. You know, you're going to say, what has he done? Look at his draft. I mean, he completely fleeced the Bears. He drafted Solomon Thomas, who in two games is looking great. Scott McLuhan on Twitter yesterday said that the comp for Solomon Thomas was Richard Seymour, which if he can be that good would be awesome. Drafts uh, Ferrari Foster at 31st. I mean, his draft is awesome. Akella Witherspoon. How is DeForest George Buckner Hill. looking? DeForest Buckner looks great. I mean, his, he's a little injured right now, but uh, he, he nicked up his ankle. But he looks really good at that three technique. He is probably the best player on the team right now. Wow. Yeah, and there's a lot of all talent right, so, all up and down the defense. It's, you know. Well, hold on a second. Hold on a second. All right, this is a defense, and we've spent a lot of time talking about how bad the offense is. This was the worst defense in the NFL last year. Okay? So, you, you know, you have a lot of uh, – you, you brought in uh, uh, Solomon Thomas, Ruben Foster. Um, no, they, drafted, uh, they, had, they drafted two guys in the first round who were, like, who were yeah. thought to be, like, top ten talents, though. You know, they could change Yeah, right okay. Uh, Elvis Dumerville uh, maybe has something left. Uh, we'll have to find out. But – you know, it's, it's asking a lot for all these rookies to immediately come in and produce at Pro Bowl at Richard Seymour-esque levels. 
Absolutely. It is going to be a lot, which is why it's a multi-year rebuild. I think that the, the defense is probably going to be the strength of this team, but it's not going to be necessarily strong in an absolute sense. Well, the front se- well um, we're also know- saying the defense, but we're, you know, we haven't talked about the secondary, but you, I think you really mean the front seven, right? Yeah, the, the front seven is really good. I think even with Navarro Bowman coming off of injury, he's a diminished version of what we know and love about Navarro Bowman, but I think he can still play. It really is going to be in that secondary, and you know we're switching to a cover three, more in the Seattle mold. I do think Rashard Robinson, who's a second-year player at LSU, is going to be pretty good. Uh, Jimmy Ward at the safety spot, though, is going to be both a position change for him, probably more of his natural position. But he, you know, the, the safety in that cover three defense is what makes it go. And so if he doesn't perform well, then that entire back end of the secondary is going to fall apart. So that's definitely a, a to-be-seen. But if, if he plays safety like he played corner, then Jimmy Ward's going to be just fine. And what's your take on, uh, on their defense coordinator, Robert Salah? Uh, Robert Sala, I think that he is someone who, you know, you don't know a whole heck of a lot about him, but he was basically, you know, brought up and trained in the Seattle kind of cover, uh, cover three mold. He was a linebackers coach there. Uh, and then he went to Atlanta as well. So this is someone who, you know, is fairly new and is probably going to have pretty, you know, good control over the entire defense because Shanahan's really focused on the, the offense. But so far, the system looks like it's getting installed relatively well. He's putting people in positions to succeed. In the two games that we've seen thus far, you know, it's it's a pretty straight up defense. You're not you're not going to see a lot of craziness. Seen a couple of really unique pressure packages, but I think it's it's a defense that's going to rely on the athleticism uh, for the defense. So TBD on Sala, but initial returns are, are positive. All right, so it's interesting because you uh, you started the podcast by saying that you think this team is worse than the Browns. But it sounds like you're pretty confident about, about sort of the direction of this rebuild. Oh, absolutely. That, that's this, the fact that they have a direction is one thing. <laughs> okay. They, they, they haven't <laughs> had one for a long time, since Jim Harbaugh, really. And, and so I do think that the right people are in place. I do think they're making the right moves. I mean, oh, the, the one thing that, was, uh, that, that I thought was the best thing that they've done all offseason was they've churned over 50% of their roster. So over 50% of the players that are in Niner colors right now were not at all with the team previously. So, I mean, that's, that's huge. That's what you want to do. And, you know, the Niners are getting compared a lot to um, Seattle, not necessarily because people are expecting that kind of jump. That's not what I'm saying. But when Schneider and Carroll took over Seattle, they did the exact same thing. They churned a lot of roster. And they had a lot of undrafted free agents. And they, they still have a high percentage of, of undrafted free agents because they're always churning the bottom of that roster, looking for talent, looking for anyone to flash. They're playing similar defense, uh, the, the similar defensive schemes. Um, and so it, it is, in a perfect world, the Niners kind of blueprint is that Seattle turnaround with Pete Carroll where you get a whole bunch of new guys in, you bring in a new system, you instill a new philosophy and a new culture, and in two years or so, maybe you hit on a quarterback, whether that be in the draft or get someone like Kirk Cousins, and then that takes you into kind of playoff prominence. All right, you ready, Oscar, for America's favorite recurring game uh, show segment, and that's uh, the roster game. I don't know, did you play this last year? Uh, Yeah, we did. I believe uh, you asked about... A uh, player from Texas A&M who's no longer on the okay, roster. Okay, well, that's, that's usually uh, who we pick. We usually pick guys who, you know, <laughs> by this time next week won't be on the team. Although I, they get they get an extra stay of execution this year because the 90 to 53 cut down instead of 90 to 75. That's right. All right, so pick a number between 0 and 100, please, Oscar. Um, let's pick 23. 23. We really need music for the roster game, Chester. Always bu- no, buy me don't. a minute. I'm not encouraging All right, uh, Oscar, tell me everything you know about Trent Brown. 
Uh, Trent Brown is not as good as a lot of people think he is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's, he's a seventh round pick out of Florida. Uh, big dude. Six baby eight face. might be the biggest uh, guy in the league. Yeah, six eight, like three hundred and fifty pounds. He is someone who is a ridiculous pass blocker. Um, Von Miller recently said he was the best right tackle in the league, which I think is hyperbolic. But he's really that really just good means at they're friends, probably. More than likely, you're exactly right. Um, he he invited him out to like some passing camp or something a bit ago. But um, he's got really long arms, really long frame. Actually, really good at at a pass blocker. But he, man, he's terrible in the run game, um, and especially in the zone running scheme that the Niners run. They're, I mean, they need lateral movement, quick guys, and that's just not him. So really good pass blocker, not so good run blocker. He kind of grades out as a meh, uh, but still as a seventh round player, he's got some talent. And uh, I think that we brought in Gary Gilliam from Seattle to compete with him. And when you get anyone from Seattle's offensive line to compete with anyone, you're already losing. Yeah. Um, so that's, I mean, that's kind of where he's at, but promising kind of guy has some upside, but definitely needs to be better in the run game. Boy, you guys in the NFC West have really been convinced by the last few years. You're obsessed with Seattle now, I think. Yeah, I mean, they have, a, they have generally a good, a good philosophy of building a franchise. And whether or not it's going to be able to be exported and work in, in a slightly different way, then, you know, I think it makes, it makes sense to try it. It's definitely a copycat league. I mean, beg, borrow, and steal, right? If it works, try and do it. And that's what, uh, what the rest of uh, what some other teams in the league, including the Niners, are going to try and do. All right, uh, you mentioned the over-under before, but Chester, what's the official over-under for the Niners? Uh, it's five, and you, you you have them going over, correct, Oscar? Uh, no, I, I, I'd probably push. I'd probably say they get so two you wouldn't, five. So you, wouldn't bet, you probably wouldn't bet either way on it if you were a betting man. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I really wouldn't. I'd, but if I did have to bet, kind of gun to my head, I would say that they don't go over, so they, I'd bet the under. Mm-hmm. Chester, you got anything else on the Niners? Nah, I'm, uh, you know, I've always been a Brian Hoyer fan, re- relatively speaking. I think he's better than, you know, other bad quarterbacks. The, the year in Houston, where obviously he had that disastrous game in the playoffs against Kansas City, which quickly ended his tenure there. But he had a good regular season. I, mean, I think he had like 17 touchdowns, 8 interceptions or something. I think that Brian Hoyer can get the job done for San Francisco, you know, if Garcon and Goodwin or whoever else uh, can, can serve as, as reasonable weapons. I, and I think just because they have a very easy schedule, right? Especially if something happens to uh, Carson Palmer again, you know, the, the division is really a joke outside Seattle. So I think this team, just by virtue of, of their schedule, might be competitive. But it's I, I'm taking the under. I find it hard to go over five wins. What about you, Akiva? I, you know, I'm more bullish after talking to Oscar, honestly, about the Niners. I have a place in my heart for the Niners because when the Jets were so bad, when I started following football in like 89, 90, the Jets weren't really in the NFL. So I rooted for the Niners were like my playoff team, you know, the team I rooted for. Uh, and I have like a lot of Niners paraphernalia back in my childhood bedroom. Um, do you have an AFC team, Chester? Do you have like a favorite AFC team? Because they're my NFC no. team. No. No. I root for 31 teams to lose. I mean, so week. do I. But, but I, I tolerate the Niners. I really tolerate your favorite team, sadly, the Vikings also. I, I feel bad for them. Um, I, I, it's hard. Six and ten to me would be such a great year. But I do, I do think they crushed the draft, like Ostrich said. I really think they nailed it. Um, I, it, like, I don't know. Like, is Shanahan like? Is he a little bit of a, a, a you know, like did did Sean McAvoy or McVeigh or every pronounce his name get him this get him this gig because he was so good? Like, I don't know. I mean, he turned he turned no, he, he turned he turned no. Kirk Cousins from like a zero into a competent quarterback. I, Kyle Shanahan's probably the the one of the two or three smartest offensive minds. In I agree. Right I now. agree. I don't. I don't know um, if that will translate to like 
I mean, the guys who have been there for a long time, there aren't that many anymore, but the guys who have been there have been through so many weirdos, right, between Tom Sula, Harbaugh, and Kelly, like three of the most distinct, like, insane personalities, you know, in the league, like, this century, yeah. right? Like, Harbaugh is a lunatic. Kelly, like, has never had a conversation with a human being, and Tom Sula is like a, cart- is like a football guy cartoon character. Um, yep. So, like, if Shanahan could pretend to be normal, I think the players will probably just like him, and I think year one... That coaching bump for a competent coach is so big in the NFL. Like, we really over uh, understate it. So I'm going over. I'm going over for the Niners. They're going 6-10. and 10. Wow, confidence for the yeah. Niners. All right. I just want to point out, you're the one who had him 31 in the power I know, rankings, again, because there's no chance they're making the compared. playoffs. There's, I, I, first of all, Oscar convinced me. I looked at the— I, Hold on, hold on, hold on. There's no chance the Browns or the Bears are of making course, the playoffs. I know, I know, I know. But like, yeah. but again, it's not like they're gonna have a like Brian Hoyer. We know who he is. In theory, you know, when I rank the team, like maybe Mitchell Trubisky comes out and he, you know, he's the new Tom Brady. Probably not gonna happen because I think he stinks. But, but you know, like it's possible. It's where as I know no, it's I, not possible. Listen, you can give credit to a guest. You can say we have a really good guest who was very he persuasive. Was. He's, Oscar is really one of our more knowledgeable guests. I will say that too. I agree. Okay. All right. So it's it's the Oscar. Yeah, bump. Oscar bump. They it's, get six wins. <laughs> yes, the Oscar bump. <laughs> All right, Oscar, well, uh, I doubt that we'll be welcoming you back for the playoffs unless your bump is uh, really even more impactful than we realized. But uh, thanks for joining us, and, uh, and good luck uh, in, your, uh, in the development of this team into maybe uh, becoming something relevant again. It's just crazy to me, like as a Niners fan, how you know, the team after Young left, or even really after Garcia left, in the, in the beginning of the aughts, so bad for so long. And then uh, and Singletary was probably the nadir. And then Harbaugh came, and you immediately went from terrible yeah, to amazing. They've never been instantly. mediocre. They've been horrendous or amazing yeah, for 30 exactly. years. Exactly, yeah. And yeah. then and then he left, and they immediately became terrible again. It's just you've really never had sort of a, a team that just goes 7-9 and nine and sort of is very meh. So very interesting. Uh, and uh, you may have a short window uh, in that in that area as well again if, uh, if things work out the way they're supposed to. That's the hope, man. That's the hope. I'm, I'm okay with being super terrible or being super amazing because that's you know what to expect, right? Like, I'd rather lose by 100 points than lose by one. Yeah. I think uh, I think Akiva's uh, rooting very hard for super terrible this year. Well, I'm yeah. rooting for 16 for the Jets, so. Yeah. yeah the All right, Jets Oscar. Have legit well, thanks so much for joining us. So uh, you're, you're on Twitter at uh, Better Rivals. Uh, and uh, that's the name of your podcast as well, right? That's exactly right. Okay, uh, so everyone check out Better Rivals, and uh, thanks for joining us, and good luck Thank this you. year. Awesome. Thank you, both. Thanks. Bye-bye.
Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.